Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and these clouds just get prettier as the morning progresses. Hey, they're they're really thickening out, folks, and uh, looks like we could have some rain, maybe even before evening today. It's really pretty outside. Anyway, welcome back to Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. Next up, we have Michael in Sun City. Good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, Brian. I heard you're expanding the scope of your show, and uh, my A1C is high. I'm wondering uh, what kind of cocktails you recommend. <laughs> your favorite, yeah. Michael. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so serious garden question. I want I got fire sticks that are huge now and need to be trimmed. Can I start to trim them now? You can, Michael, but I want to you know caution you to be very careful with printing fire sticks. Make, make sure you're wearing gloves and. Uh, it wouldn't even be a bad idea to wear goggles, like you know, construction goggles or the plastic lenses, safety glasses. You just want to make Absolutely. sure you don't get it in your mouth or your eyes, you know. And it, uh, you, can, you can propagate yeah, more firm, whatever, but you want to just be careful. Yeah, nasty uh, white, uh, toxic, very toxic app. That yeah, it's, you especially you just don't want to get it in your mouth or your eyes. No. Uh, second question is, my neighbor wants to put in a red push pistache, and I'm encouraging him to do that because it will shade my driveway. <laughs> what is the best time to put one of those in? October. October. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you, you know, it would be better to wait. Uh, it, you know, you could plant it now, but you're planting it in heavy soil in Sun City, and so they're going to tend to want to overwater it when it first goes in. So just wait till October. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Jude and Scottsdale. Then Barbara. Then it could be you. And we've got Julia back here smiling, bringing us the rain. You know, I know it's raining this week, and it's going to rain more and more this week because Julia's back. Now, unfortunately, we might not be able to keep her full time, but we certainly have her today. And the clouds are looking fantastic. So uh, we just are happy to have her. But give her a call and tell her how glad she is. Glad we are that she's here. And she brought the rain last year, and she's bringing about this year. Hopefully, she doesn't go on vacation in New York again or anything. We can keep the monsoon season going. Uh, Jude and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning. Hi. I have a, a couple questions. First, uh, it was brought on by a previous caller talking about the Hong Kong orchid, and um, I, I'm confused and hope you could maybe clarify. A, a couple years ago, I had a, a landscape redesign, and they were to plant uh, a Hong Kong orchid, and I, I thought it was, and, and still... Foot day. I'm not sure if it is or not because my landscaper, who's not a part of the landscape redesign team, he's telling me that it's not a Hong Kong orchid. Okay. And, and there's a language, a little bit of a language barrier, so I have a hard time at times understanding exactly. What, 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 what color of flowers know, does it have, Jude? Yes, it's purple. And okay. a couple other distinguishing things for you maybe is that I've since realized and learned that the leaves on it uh, are, are the you know the typical uh, like butterfly. But they're not the very big leaves mm-hmm. like I am typical of seeing. It. It's the smaller one. They're not small, but small compared to the the normal one. And and then also I don't know if this matters, but the the seed pods they're about they're pretty long, about like six yeah. inches. Oh, yeah. So. so the Hong Kong so, the the biggest best characteristic about the Hong 
Hong Kong. It doesn't have seed pods. Takes the heat better, and uh, so it's a lot. It's, you have a, a bohemia purpurea, a purple orchid tree, and it's going to bloom once and a year so, and not be this. I'd, I'd yank it now. You know, now's a great, out. yeah. Now's a great time to replace it. You know, you're going to have a seed seeds in a mess for life. You're going to have one bloom cycle instead of three. You know, it's because there's a sturdy uh-huh. tree here, but it just, uh, you know, all the good characteristics about a Hong Kong it doesn't enjoy. And does it also not grow uh, as, as big and, and thriving as, as well? Well, it'll actually grow as larger, larger. I mean, it's just as big a tree, and, and it's a hardy tree. And it, though it gets salt burn on the foliage in the summertime more, um, it's a hardy tree. I mean, there's no, there's no problem with its vigor. It's just that the other good characteristics, the larger foliage, more frequent bloom cycle, and no beans, it doesn't enjoy. So being that, because my, my landscaper said the same thing. He said, take it out. And, and that's what you said. And uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, this is a perfect question to ask, but I feel like the the, the designer that did this is, should well, be Well, the, the, the designer didn't this. sell you the tree. Okay. So whoever uh, you purchased the well, tree from. Um, they did the purchasing, though. They right. did all the purchasing. So, so then if they if they specced in a Hong Kong orchid and gave you a purpurea, they should absolutely change it. I mean, it would feel as if that happened, you know. We, you know we, we've been in business now. I, I've been working there for over 40 years. So, you know, when somebody has a problem, we want to address the problem so that, you know, we have a, a customer. And that's the main thing, to have a customer's yeah. referrals, too. So, yeah, the, the, the contractor or designer, whoever whoever purchased the tree and sold it to you, um, you know, sold you the wrong type of tree. Yeah. Okay. The, the uh, other question, I just naturally about a year ago at this time, I believe, had a mesquite uh, just start to, to uh, bloom up from, from I guess, a, a seed. I uh-huh. uh, don't even know where it came from exactly, but um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really trying to love to have this thing grow into a nice big tree somewhere down the line. What should I do? What are what are the things that, that I should do to help ensure that this thing will actually uh take and, and become a, a big tree at some point in time. Well, Jude, here, here's the one downside to the tree that just grew from a seed. We have a lot of different mesquite varieties here, and mesquites are like people. They get mixed up pretty easy, and they interbreed. So you're going to get a lot of different possibilities that that little tree is. So, you know, you're having a problem with your other tree already. If you want to make sure the mesquite tree is the mesquite tree you want in the right place, I would plant a mesquite tree that you know what it is, okay? But if you just want to take a chance, it's probably some type of a either a native mesquite tree or a hybrid, so it's probably going to have thorns on it, and it's going to grow reasonably fast, and, you know, most of them do. So all you really have to do is water it and fertilize it, and, in fact, mesquites are in the lagoon family, so when they get older, they even produce their own nitrogen. So they're a very efficient tree here. If you deep water it once a week, um, that's all it requires, a little bit of fertilizer to grow faster, but, you know, it's kind of like that purple uh, orchid tree you have in there instead of being a Hong Kong. Um, yeah. You might end up with a tree you cut down in two years and you wasted two years worth of your time and water. You know, we, we've oh, got a, we've a got fun, a, more of a fun experiment. Well, if a fun experiment, anything, and you never know, you might have the best mesquite tree in the world. You know, chances are you don't, yeah. but you never know. So, you know, if that's the case, give it a little bit of fertilizer right now, water it heavy once a week, and stand back. Okay, I think that's what I didn't realize. So I'll put it on the irrigation line then and start mm-hmm. watering it. I, I didn't. Uh, I haven't done that. I didn't know, being that it was a mesquite bed, if it needed it since it was native here. So okay, great. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jude. All right, take care. Bye bye. Uh, Barbara in Phoenix. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Um, I live 
near Scottsdale and Bell. I have lived here 30 years, never had any irrigation problems, and um, now in the backyard I'm getting giant mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I thought I cleaned them out, and... Uh, I went out this morning, and they're not as much, not as big, but they're there. Are you a golfer, Barbara? No. Oh, too bad, because if, if you were, I'd have you get a sand wedge and knock them to the neighbor's yard. They're really fun, <laughs> especially the toadstools. But at any rate, um, if you want to eliminate them, you can spray your lawn with Monterey Disease Control, which is a bacteria that eats fungus. What is that called again? It's called Monterey, like Monterey, Mexico, Monterey Disease Control. And what it is is a bacteria that eats fungus, okay? And so with the monsoon weather we're having, this is the time of year we see mushrooms and toadstools and all those little fungus kind of manifest themselves and come out of the soil. And if you want to eliminate them, if you spray this Monterey disease control down, what it is is a bacteria that will consume them, and they won't have the opportunity to grow up. Does it matter that they've been there before the monsoon? Well, no. I mean, you're you're going to have them as with moisture and lawns anyway. But this is perfect season for them to really come out because of the weather. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. On the other hand, if you just mow them, if they're in a lawn, they don't hurt anything either. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I one thing more. Um, I have a bougainvillea in the back, and it, it's branched off, and I found the mushroom growing in the base of the um, bougainvillea. So mm-hmm. the, will the Monterey disease control hurt that plant? Not at all. It, it's a very safe thing to use. In fact, it's got a armory, which is our, our organic certification, because it is just a naturally occurring bacteria that's been manipulated a little bit. came from Japan about 20 years ago. Oh, 12, 12, 12 years ago. and uh, But anyway, it's just a, it's a nice, useful bacteria that likes to eat fungus. You know, we have things like, you know, penicillin to kill bacteria where fungus kills bacteria. It's just the opposite. But, you know, nature's been doing these things for millions and millions of years. So, you know, we're just taking advantage of a natural occurring bacteria that can kill fungus. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Mark in North Phoenix. But first, we have to take a momentary break for commercial f- whatever they are. Anyway, we've got to let Julia smile and breathe for a minute and see what kind of song she comes up with. We'll be right back after the break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9. Give Julia a call during the break. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Hey. And how many see 
you have to do is leave it to Julia to find, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder's version of a Bob Dylan tune. Never heard that version before, Julia. That was wonderful. Oh, let's see. Looks like we've got some lines available. But, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder is such a classic musician. Never had an idea you ever sung that song, Julia. Really didn't. Oh, let's see. Next up, we got Mark in North Phoenix. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, sir. Julia's back. Yay. I know, but I'm not sure we're going to keep her, but we'll take her on loan whenever we can. You know, look, look at the skies out there. <laughs> I know. The replacement was good, though, too. Oh, uh, no, she's I very kind. That was. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm in uh, 44th Street in uh, Greenway, and it's pretty covered over here, so I'm I'm hoping for the rain, too. So my question, sir, is about roses. Uh, got about only about 10 of them, I guess, but... Uh, in a select group and area underneath the atrium, it doesn't get a lot of sun, but there's all the leaves are they're getting eaten by something. And I looked at the backside of the leaves, looked for the pepper, like you said on some of your other shows. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I can't find grubs. I can't find caterpillars. I mean, what would be? Well, I mean, the, enti- the, the, enti- the, the entire leaf's gone, or circles cut out of it. <laughs> Uh, they're like half circles. You know okay. I mean? Yeah, those, those yeah. are done by cutter bees. And cutter bees use that to make their nest. And they like roses in bougainvillea because it's such a soft, supple leaf. They can curl it up and put, a, put it in the wall and make their nest. So they really don't do much long-term damage to the roses. They certainly yeah. come in cycles. So you go out there one month and you'll just see like, it looks like they riddled them. And then you won't see them back for a few months. Then they'll show up again. And uh, you'll have more. So is that what you'd call the uh, the leaf cutter beetles? Those big no, no, no. It's cutter cutter bees. So it's a small oh, bee. Bees, bees. Yeah. Okay. And if if you're out okay. there like in the afternoon, you, you know you can see when they'll they'll actually cut them and they roll them up and they fly them to build their nest. So yeah, it's, it's not okay. not going to yeah well, <laughs> but it's not going to do any long term permanent damage. We usually don't. We're not okay. concerned with them. And another thing right now, uh, continuing with the roses, um, I've got about 10 of them, like I said, and uh, I fertilized them about uh, about a month ago. And, you know, with the rain coming, I figured just throw a dash in there and, you know, let, let it help itself. But uh, all the roses are small and little, like 50-cent pieces. They're usually as big as my fist. Well, not, like not, usually, not usually this time of year, though. So what okay, we're going to okay. do with roses, pretty much, Mark, is this time of year, we're just going to let them be. And then in September, yep. if you'll cut them back by about a third and then fertilize there them and then actually throw a little okay. bit of Epsom salt on them at the same time, by the end of October, the blooms will start to expand and be bigger. You know, we can grow some of the most beautiful winter roses here. You know, they'll oh, be in yeah. bloom right through Christmas. And uh, so, yeah, just just let them be for the next month because, you know, we don't know if our monsoon is going to last this has been a fantastic pattern and uh, we're going to yep. credit julia with the entire thing but um well that was my next question on the trimming so thank you for that and just for anyone out there uh the casino royales and the uh, double uh double delights whew, man beautiful well, we're, we're in rose country, Mark. I mean, it's it's kind of odd, yeah. you know, because other places, the summer is when they have their beautiful blooms. If you were in Chicago or if you're in Portland, Oregon, uh, you know, the Portland thinks they're the world's rose place, you know, and they do grow beautiful <laughs> roses. Victoria Island's the prettiest I've seen, you know, they, but at any rate, yep. um, we can grow some really high quality roses here and they do very well. We don't have to fight the fungus and the mildew and the other problems that they do in those nicer climates this time of year. Nice. We, we, we enjoy well, our so roses have- in the wintertime. Right, right. Well, thank you, sir. It's been a few weeks since I talked to you, and I uh, listen to your show every day, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. Take care, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Robert in North Phoenix. Good morning, Robert. 
Hey there, good morning to you. Hey there, had a couple uh, little questions. Yeah, you've helped me out on a lot of other stuff. I've come into a new home. Um, they've got a lemon tr- a lemon tree I- I'm trying to take care of. Now, I don't like to trim them in the summer or anything like that, but the branches were, it's a young lemon tree, a couple years old. It's maybe six feet tall. Some of the branches are so laden down with fruit. They're in the ground. The leaves are getting all curly. And I started to trim a little bit off just to get it off so that they weren't picking up any fungus or anything like that or the branches were cutting each other. Should, would I be all right, you know, to trim, thin it out a little bit? And, and it's one of the lemons uh, where it's uh, filled with thorns. I, you know, I, I don't really know my varieties. Well, here's here's the deal with lemons this time of year. You know, commercially, they're already starting to pick lemons over in Thermal, California. We're in the District 3 lemon area. What I would do is harvest some of those lemons. And if you want to prune the limbs, it's certainly better to prune a limb than let it get heavy and break. So you can go ahead and prune those limbs back if you want to now. And uh, the lemons are going to be, you know, they're still not quite ripe, but they're getting good enough you could use them if you want to. So you could save okay. the fruit, prune the branches. But, you know, my grandfather used to say the more you prune a citrus tree, the faster it grows. And it certainly seems to be that way. But as long as you're not exposing the wood to the sun, it doesn't hurt to prune a citrus. Okay, and is there anything, I, now, it hadn't been fertilized, and I don't know how long, and like I said, it's only a couple years planted in, but it's, it's looking very nice and full. I know you three times a year, you know, to fertilize it, but I, I sprinkled like a half a cup just with all the rains coming. Mm-hmm, perfect. Uh, can, you know, they'll love I hold it. off any further? You know, okay. what we do with our groves is because we're growing organically, you know, so we have to use real, we're using organic nitrogen, which is like mostly derived from chicken manure and things like that. So it doesn't have that strong tendency to burn. So we fertilize constantly during the summertime. And because they were using manures, then we have to cut our fertilization off in September because we're going to start picking in December. So we have to have 90 days that we don't pick fruit commercially, um, you know, between the last time we fertilize with organic and our first picking. And, uh, you know, that's kind of if, if you're fertilizing with a light dose of fertilizer, realistically, the trees are eating and growing their best. And especially with the weather we're having right now. So if you want the tree to get bigger and happier, now's a great time for a light dose of citrus fertilizer. Oh, wonderful. And that fruit should be ripe when about? Well, the, we don't harvest our lemons, like the Lisbon lemons, until December when they start to turn color. You know, I, right. I, I've been called some kind of a purist before by a, by a friend of mine that, you know, we really like to harvest fruit when it's its best. And, we, and we're not giant guys, so we don't have to harvest it year round. So our lemons, we, we pick and harvest when they start to turn color in December through April. But, you know, the lemons that you buy in the store traditionally here in Arizona are going to be harvested from September on and even August on uh, from trees that are green. And then they're sweated and gassed to turn yellow. So the, the lemons... Oh. They, the lemons that you get in the store in October were picked in September green and then sweated for a couple weeks to turn yellow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now there's nothing I can do on my level to, to bring them along any quicker. Well, if you want to change the color, you can take and put them in a bag with an apple and you get the ethylene oh, gas perfect. out of the apple and it'll change color. But you know what? It's not going to make the fruit character inside any different. It won't make it different. any riper. No, it's not going to uh, make yeah, it any okay. riper. Okay. I got you. And uh, it, it, what would be a good, like, uh, like, uh, 
uh, I was thinking about planting a tangelo or an orange or some sort of. Can you can you give me a reference for anything that'd be a nice, delicious, maybe a dwarf variety to see a fruit in a couple years or anything like that? Well, the oranges are going to grow slower than tangelo, so it depends how patient you are. Navel oranges, like a carrot carrot or a navel orange, Washington navel, are delicious fruit. But we have to grow those on a sour orange rootstock or Carrizo rootstock, so they grow very slow compared to a tangelo, which we can grow on a lemon rootstock. So if you want something, and personally, I just love Mineola tangelos. Now, they don't really get ripe and good here in the valley until the middle of January, but we actually have the first tangelos ripe in the, in the market. And uh, so they ripen in January. But tangelos are nice because they're big fruit, they're seedless, but we can also grow them on a lemon rootstock so the tree will grow faster. Oh, that's perfect. I can come in and grab one of those from you. Absolutely. And you know, Robert, this is a great time with the monsoons to plant citrus. Oh, that sounds terrific. And uh, a Mexican bird of paradise, when should I hold, uh, trim that up? Well, you know, it's it, it's in their bloom cycle right now. So normally what we want to do with those is just let them go through the bloom cycle. And they're going to go pretty dormant come November. So in November, you can okay. just butcher them back to the ground. Just right down to the ground, huh? Yep, just cut them back to like four-inch stubs and let them come back. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. You're always a great help. Thank you. Have a nice weekend, Robert. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have Ron in Surprise. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my landscaper put in a cactus, and it was a little bent. I would say the angle between the ground and where it was could have been uh, 45 degrees. Anyway, it keeps growing in that direction. It's not growing straight, but just now the tip of it is starting to turn upwards. Okay. So my question is, is this the way I'm going to have to deal with this plant? Ron, what type of cactus is it? Is it a saguaro or is it a... It looks like a saguaro. Okay, so it's six, eight inches in diameter? I would think so. Okay, yeah. then, then if it's a saguaro, I would straighten it right now. Okay. You know, and you, and you could just, you know, just take a, a like a long shovel, like a sharpshooter, dig on one side, the other side, just push it over straight, balance it back up. Um, you know, it's going to look a little odd. It can grow with a curve. The, the plant will balance itself. Nature's a wonderful thing. It'll balance itself out weight-wise and, and, and size-wise, and, you know, it'll act like that happened to it in nature. But if you want a traditional saguaro with a straight stem, I would straighten it right away. Okay. And is there anything I can use to feed it? Because I'm seeing some yellow up here. Well, yellow is usually from sunburn and the heat. So uh -huh. it's pretty normal for them to you know, be a little yellow. So that part's normal. But if you want it to grow faster, a light dose of fertilizer is fine. Any particular fertilizer you, you know, recommend? What do you have at home? Do you have, uh, have uh, Miracle-Gro? Do you have 10-10-10? I think I have some Miracle-Gro, yes. little shot of Miracle-Gro is great. And okay. this, this is the perfect time with this monsoon to go ahead and feed it because the weather, we don't have the intense sunlight right now. We've got a weak forecast of great weather. That'll leach right down there. I go straighten it today, give it a little shot of fertilizer, and stand back. Great. Thanks so much for your help. I really appreciate have it. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Same to you. Well, Patricia snuck back in the studio here. Good morning, Patricia. And she's going to get us all enlightened <laughs> on what's happening in the world. In the meantime, Julia's on the phones. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Julia and Patricia here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show this Sunday on 92.3 FM KTAR.
Spoonful, do you believe in magic? Uh, you know what? I believe it's going to rain today, so that's my magic I'm trying to impart on you guys, so hopefully it'll work. <laughs> Absolutely, we believe in magic. Rain in the desert when we really need it. How it could be even luckier. Uh, let's see. we got a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Next up, we've got uh, Lucy. And, no, no, we, we have to take uh, Mike first. Then we'll come to Lucy. Mike and Mesa, good morning. Hello, uh, uh, Brian. You're breaking up a little bit on my phone. I hope you can hear me. We are very clear on the air, Michael. Okay. Uh, A couple of months ago, I planted uh, watermelon and a cantaloupe, heirloom black diamond and heirloom hails jumbo best cantaloupe in in my raised bed. And I got tons of foliage. It's covered the whole thing. It's filled up. I water it daily. And I've got one watermelon. Okay. Uh, you already right told me the I'm problem, with- Mike. You water it daily. Okay. Watermelons want to get stressed to bloom more and better. So if you'll back off the water, and if we were growing them commercially, we'd water them somewhere between once and twice a week, depending on the soil. And Mesa, a lot of areas got some fairly heavy soil. Are they growing in the ground or are they growing in containers? Uh, I've planted them in my raised bed for the summer. Okay. So they got raised bed soil. Okay. So they should still be be fine. Your raised bed soil, is that a mixture of organic soil with regular earth? It's a mixture of total organic and and mushrooms and, you know, wortherms and stuff. I got a nice mix in there. It's very airy. Okay, so a light soil, you might need to water them twice a week, Um, you know, more so than you would with your native soil mesa. But they should be fine, but I would ignore them a little bit. Back way off the water. Uh, If you're going to fertilize them at all, don't use any nitrogen, okay? So you'd be better off with a fertilizer like Super Bloom, which is just high phosphorus, or even maybe a Mm -hmm. little bit of Super Treble Phosphate on top right now, you know, which is 0450 or Bone Meal. Bone Meal is going to work slower. Super super Treble Phosphate. It'll work fast. But let them get to the point where the vines look wilty in the after. They should look a little wilty in the afternoon and then perky in the daytime. And then when the melons come on, then the real key is to picking the melons is make sure you water, you know, you pick them on the end of the water cycle where the ground's dry. And that way the sugar content will be better in your melons. Okay. So my question being further on it's not a pollination problem of the yellow flowers that are all over them because there's almost no bees out well it's probably partially that and you can hand pollinate them if you wanted to like squash you just kind of like take take a q-tip and go from one to the other yeah or a little paintbrush yeah you could do that okay Okay. all right i'll back off on the watering thank you very much mike thanks bye-bye uh lucy in phoenix good morning lucy good morning um I have an area that used to be 
grass and I converted it to put some roses in there. And I have nut sedge. I have been pulling it and pulling it. But would I be able to use that um, over the top, the fuchsia age around the roses? And it, it it's not, not going to kill your nut sedge. So to kill okay. the nut sedge, there's a product called sedge hammer. I know. I, I, know. Yeah. I just was afraid around the roses because it's well, right around the you Well, what you want to do with it, just a little hand squirt bottle, okay, and a piece of cardboard. So take a piece oh, okay. of cardboard, hold it up against your plant, and just go through and then spot spray it. Okay, it's, as soon as it's dry, it's fine. It's not going to hurt anything. And, you know, on a nice hot day here when it's 110, and not like today when it's cloudy and a little breezy, but on a nice hot day, you can spot spray it. And by the time that you spray it, you know, you can let it set, you know, 30, 45 seconds, and it'll be dry enough that you can just let that down and move right along your roses. Tell her her magic is working at sprinkling. Also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least here. Um, also, it's a shrub um fairly dark green leaves only pretty much blooms when it gets lots of water the flowers are clusters of white almost tissue papery what is that Mm. what time of year does it bloom right now right now well when it gets a lot of water and sometimes in the spring okay um, but they're drought totally drought tolerant well, there's cordia. Starts with but... a C. Yeah. Okay. That must be it. Uh huh. Cordia, and they're a bush, right? Mm-hmm. Right in the bush. There, there. There's two of them. There's, there's the parvifolia, which is a small leaf one, and then there's a bougerie, which is a large leaf one, and they can make the. They can make pretty large plants, fairly substantial. The bozori especially is oftentimes grown as a small tree. But the little one, well, the parvifolia, the smaller one, is uh, you know normally kept as a shrub or a bush. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is like a four-foot-tall shrub. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and it can get t- 10 feet tall if you let it. Now, Bogera, is that what B- you said? Bo- Bogera is the one with the larger leaf. So if the leaf's about an inch and a half wide and about two to three inches no, long. No, they're not, they're okay. that, not then that long. Then it's the parvifolia. It's a little leaf cordia. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Lucy. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Andrea. But after Andrea, we've got... Wide open phones. Julia back here smiling, bringing us the rain. The number to call, 602-277-5827. And, and you all can't see it because I know we're on the radio, but Patricia just ran into the studio. And, they, you know, these, these gals are having fun this morning. You know, Patricia's back in with the news, hanging out with Julia, and bringing the rain. We're looking at all these clouds. It's kind of, kind of a special day. Anyway, number to call, 602-277-5827. Andrea, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good, how are you? Excellent. So I have a, I believe it's a red pistache tree. Uh-huh. Is that what um, We planted it about a year ago, and um, a couple months, you know, months ago when everyone else's tree is blooming and getting leaves, ours was getting nothing. And now there's no leaves. It looks completely dead. And I'm just kind of wondering... If maybe we did something wrong, or if there's somehow we could save it, or okay, so this tree, uh, Andrew, is it planted in lawn or rock? What's around it? Rock. Okay, and have you used any herbicides on the rock to kill weeds? Um, I mean, within the year, yes. Okay, ortho ground clear by chance. Um. 
Probably, yeah. The, I think we get the one from Costco, so it's not yeah, uh, Roundup. Right. So what happens is that herbicide is making your soil toxic, okay? And it's killing the ground, basically, so that your tree can't grow. Okay. And uh, it, it's... Now, sometimes it'll just knock them off and stun them, and it'll go away in here. Never, ever buy that product again, okay? Okay. If you want to use something safe around plants, use Roundup. You know, Roundup is glyphosate salt, and it will kill what you spray it on, but it's not going to kill your soil the way that uh, these other chemicals will. And uh, okay. don't water your tree much because it's not using any water right now. So if you just every periodically go down and stick a, a, sh- a shovel or a screwdriver in the ground, and if the ground's moist, don't water, okay? Because you can create okay. a fungus problem that will kill your tree. And it may leaf back out this fall. Okay, yeah, because right now we still have it on, I think, once a week for two hours just okay. trying to get it. So go check the ground, and if the ground's still wet after the end of the week before it comes on again, just cap off the emitter, okay, and okay. Uh, and, and let it go for a couple weeks. It's fine. Okay. Now, okay. One, time, just- one time what you might want to do, though, first, okay, is to put a hose on it and let it run slow overnight to leach as much chemical away from it as you possibly can. Okay. Okay. And then after that, cap it off, check it, and then when should we start, once it like dries out, what kind of, like, what's the watering schedule? Is it well, once a week? Is that good? Well, or? it's probably too much because it doesn't have any foliage. It's not using any water. You know, and the ground can stay wet with this humidity that we have in the air right now. It can stay wet for a long time, depending on how heavy your soil is. And so that being the case, you you want it to get dry. You don't want to keep that pistachio wet because it can get fungus and that'll kill it. So we want to give it every every benefit we can. So flush the flush the soil out. Okay, just put a put a hose on it, let it run overnight. Flush the soil out. Go cap off the emitter, and then just check the soil like in a week. If it's if it's dry, you can water again. If it's not dry, uh, let it go another week. You know, until the point where the soil's pretty much bone dry, the top two or three inches. Okay. Okay. All right. Good luck. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Oh, Sam and Chandler. Good morning, Sam. Hey, good morning. Thank you. Enjoy your show. Um, uh, about uh, 10 days ago, I planted a 24-inch box Hong Kong orchid from uh, one of your stores and mm-hmm. and had you plant it. And uh, uh, it's got full sun. It's on the uh, in front of the house. And they, uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, first few days we watered it every day, and now we're watering about every three days. Um, and uh, but it, yesterday I noticed it was getting, uh, I don't know, maybe ten percent of the leaves were yellowing. Uh-huh. Uh, is that anything I need to change, or is that just like planting shock? Well, it might be a little planting water? shock, and those those leaves can fall off, and that's not a problem. Now, Hong Kong orchids, while they're beautiful, they do they need to foliate a little bit, so they're going to shed a little bit yeah. all the time, and it's probably just a shock period going from a nursery was hanging out with all of its buddies where they're close together to facing reality. But what you should see on it, Sam, over the next week or so, you should see popping new buds out and and cutting out the ends of the branches and starting to grow. So we're not so concerned about the old leaves, and especially if they're dropping, then that's not a problem at all. But what we... That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and what we'd like to see is some new buds coming out in the end, and then that's kind of perfect. And, you know, twice a week in most soils should be perfect for watering for the rest of the summer. Okay. Well, okay. That's what I'll do then. All righty. Hey, thank, I appreciate it so thanks, much. Sam. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't messed up. Thanks. Hey, but we can always call. That's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye, Sam. Uh, Gordon in North Mesa. Good morning, Gordon. 
Yeah, good morning. Uh, question is on uh, split leaf philodendrons. Uh, we have quite a few in our backyard, and they're doing real well. The question is, they have runners that uh, you know are about inch in diameter that run for about four or five feet all over the place. Mm-hmm. Can I cut those off, or do I just leave them alone? You can cut them off. It's not going to hurt to plant any. Oh, okay. Yeah, as long as you leave that big main stock. You mean you're talking about the roots that are coming out, or you're talking about where they've branched? Uh, there's a. They look like they're down by the roots because they. Well, they, those in, those about. indeed are the roots, and they'll have roots that come out above the soil and go back down into the soil, and that's not unusual for philodendrons. And and those are the roots, okay. so they are feeding the plant. Okay, so if if you do cut those back. It's going to slow the plant down. It, you know, taking off a few at a time is not going to hurt the plant. I wouldn't cut them all off at once. It might lean over and fall. Okay. Well, but, uh, yeah, there's so many of them that you can hardly even walk past them. <laughs> well, and if you want if you want to take some of those and cut them off, philodendrons are, you know, that's how they grow. And it won't hurt to remove some okay. of the roots, but just don't take them all off the whole plant at one time or it might just fall over. Okay, good. Thanks, Gordon. Uh, great. Yeah, thanks for your help. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to be right back after we take a short break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have two lines available when we're gone. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Julia's song today, you know, we had a different last song picked out, but golly, look at the skies, what a beautiful day, so we could beat CCNR on a day like today, and who could beat Woodfield Nursery, if you need some trees, come out and see us, we deliver plan guarantee, we'll do the digging for you, from 15 gallons through big 72 inch box, you can buy shade that you'll have, you know, shade next week if you like, palm trees, we can make your yard tropical, we can help with a Mediterranean look, whatever your dreams, we'd love to help you, our original store is at 8 24 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley, and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Air, Sky Harbor Airport. Um, now, we also have a big tree farm in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. We're open Monday through Saturdays from 8 to 5 30, Sundays 10 to 4. Stanfield, just Monday through Saturdays from 7 to 3. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. And we'll get back to the phones. Michael and Scottsdale. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Brian. Appreciate the call taken. A um, few questions for you this morning. My sweet acacias and my uh, orange tacomas seem to be lackluster. Okay. 
Is it the time of year, or is it? Do I need to do something different? Well, the, 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 the Tacomas, we may end up with some, you know, caterpillars feeding on them here in the next few weeks. We really haven't seen them around this year, so you kind of kind of watch for those. Okay, the sweet acacias with this weather, and if you want those trees to really pop, fertilize them today. Okay, and water them extra heavy and deep. And with this kind of weather, they'll be very lush and fill in just within a matter of a week or two. So you can okay. and, and you can fertilize those if you have like some 21714 lawn fertilizer, you know, citrus food, 10, 10 it doesn't matter. They just want some extra nitrogen. But if you'll fertilize those and deep water them right now, they'll jump. And uh, so on a tree that's on a tree that's maybe 15 feet tall, they've been in I think 6 7 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much fertilizer should how, I put? How large in diameter is the caliber? Well, there's, you know, like there's so many multiple trunks. Yeah, three or four it, trunks. But, but if you took the whole group and squished them together, what would you have? Oh, it's probably uh, eight to ten inches. Okay, so you, so you could easily put a pound of, of. It depends on what you're using. Okay, and when, you want to keep in mind with fertilizer, the first number is the nitrogen. That's the thing that can burn, and a lot of nitrogen is right. made from ammonium nitrate, so that's going to release really fast. So you want to, you know, you could use like up to a pound of nitrogen spread out under the drip line of the tree and watered in. So if that was okay. a 32% fertilizer, you could use three pounds if you wanted to. I would recommend going less because it really probably doesn't need that much. And if you'd use, say, if you had a 21714 and you put a pound on it, uh, that would do well. And, and having that extra fertilizer will make a huge difference. And that first number, the nitrogen, that's going to make the most difference. Yeah, I think what I've got. Out in the garage is a sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. Yeah, and that and that would be great. You know, I'd put a pound to two pounds on it. Okay, and then a uh, couple other quick questions. Um, bird of paradise. I've got some bird of paradises uh, growing under my mesquites, and those two seem to be a little lackluster. Mexican or tropical flowers. bird of paradise. I think they're Mexican because the, the orange flowers. flowers. Yeah. So um, fertilize those at the same time. They're, you know, everything okay. loves this weather. You know, we've got a forecast for a week that's just un- unreal. You know, and if you'd go out today and fertilize ahead of the rain, you'll be amazed the difference next week. Okay. And the last question: I, I bought a, I think it was a three-gallon Meyer lemon. Uh-huh. What? time frame uh, should I expect for that to be, you know, a four or five foot tree? Are you growing in a container or in the ground? No, in the ground. In the ground? You know, probably two years, three years. Okay. It's been in there about nine months now, so... Yeah, they're, they're, they should good. be reasonably fast. It wouldn't hurt to give it a light shot of fertilizer. We're out playing around fertilizing today, too. Yeah, I take your word on that. I do that on a monthly basis. I give it a light dose. That'll work. Michael, okay. thanks for the call. Thank Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike at Apache Junction, good morning. Hey, good morning. I got a question for you. We planted a mesquite tree three years ago. It's not any bigger than it was when we planted it, but it's got green foliage everywhere. Sounds like a dud. <laughs> <laughs> it does, and I did notice the bark sort of pull away from the trunk. Well, you probably, it probably was attacked by some flat-headed boars, and they'll bore in and they'll girdle the wood so that it can't grow. But, um, you know, here's the thing. We've got the perfect time for it to grow right now. There's not a better time of the year for a mesquite to wake up than it is today. How do you water, Mike? Uh, maybe once a week. 
Okay. Wa- wa- water once a week heavy. Go out and fertilize it today, just like we were talking about that sweet acacia. Go out and give uh-huh. it a pretty decent shot of fertilizer. Anything you have is fine. Okay. And if it doesn't pop up and grow two feet in the next month, throw it away. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, Judy in Peoria. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Um, I live around 107th south of Olive, mm-hmm. and I've been in my house 39 years, and there's a carob in the backyard, carob tree, that was small when I moved in, but taller than the house now. And it's been good through the years. It had a pretty heavy crop of pods this year. And a friend and I trimmed a little bit of dead wood that we could reach uh, probably the end of March. And the pods, for the most part, have fallen. But almost overnight, um, there are dead branches. Have you, used um, any, have you used any herbicides at all in the, in the yard? I have not, no. Okay. Um, I don't use any in the backyard. Okay. But it, there is new growth on the areas that are still green. Mm-hmm. There's new growth. But I was really amazed just in the last, I don't know if it's two to four weeks, how many dead branches Judy, there are. how do you water your tree? Well, and that means basically over the decades, I haven't watered it specifically very much at all. Mm-hmm. It gets water from a tangelo that's to the southwest. Okay. Uh, probably it gets water when I water a jasmine along the wall. In how, the, how often, the how often do you water the tangelo? Um, in the summer, the tangelo is probably 10 days to two weeks. Okay. That's just, you know, hold on, Judy. I'm out of time, and I, I'll talk okay. to you off the air, okay? Appreciate all the calls today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the program. Thank you, Julia, for being back with us and the wonderful Patricia Valencia with the news. We'll be back next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Go out and love each other. Be kind to your neighbor. And uh, I hope you enjoyed all Julia's fine music. We'll be back next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. And, uh, you know, just remember to be kind. There's a lot we can do together as a team. We can be very successful. We have been successful. We will be successful. And we have to have a lot of faith in each other. Be back with you next week on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Come out and see us at the nursery.